Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On. I'm your host, Max Chadwick. Now, kind of the setup of this show and how I wanted to do it was to do one interview a week, which we just did the Caleb Williams one. Go check that out if you haven't already. Now I want to do a different thing where I kind of dive into a topic and be a ranking or, or anything else in college football really and just dive into it. And with the NFL draft just about a week away, why not do a mock draft but have a little college football twist on it? I actually wrote an article doing this at PFF Basically, think about it like the NBA-style mock draft. You know, where you play one year of college ball, you're eligible to be selected in the draft if you enter it. Let's apply that rule to college football, which, of course, you got to play three years, basically, of college football before you're eligible to enter the NFL. Let's just say you got to play one year of college football. So this is an all-eligible mock draft. Basically, if every single player in college football was eligible in the NFL draft, what would it look like? That's kind of how I wanted to do this mock draft so no arch manning no one none of the incoming freshmen will be eligible to be picked here but if you played last year you're eligible to be picked in this year's mock draft so really excited about it let's dive right in honestly with the number one overall pick which is held by the carolina panthers via the chicago bears and i think this is a pretty easy pick it's the guy we literally had as our first guest of the show and i'm not being biased i think when i pick him here it's Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He was PFF's highest graded true freshman quarterback ever, beating out Trevor Lawrence, who was a generational prospect in his own. Caleb Williams might be entering that tier with another elite season next year. This guy is awesome outside of structure. In fact, Outside of the original play design and PFF's metrics, he led all quarterbacks in the country in passing yards with 707, seven passing touchdowns, also led all quarterbacks in the country, 10 big-time throws, also led all quarterbacks in the country. So I think he'll have teams tripping over themselves to select him in the actual 2024 NFL draft, but if he was eligible in this one, I think he definitely would be the first overall pick. So Caleb Williams going to the Carolina Panthers. Number two, the Texans, and I'm making the same pick that I did in my original mock draft, you know, a couple months ago, and people were not happy with this one. It's Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina, also the 2024 NFL draft. A lot of people thought Bryce Young should go over the pick here, but I think Drake May, you know, has the more prototypical size than Bryce Young has, and Drake May was freaking awesome last year. He actually was the most valuable player in college football last year, according to PFF's wins above average metric. 45 big-time throws last season, more than 10 more than any other FBS quarterback. He also tied for second among quarterbacks with 56 combined rushing first downs and touchdowns. He's not as good outside of structure or outside of the pocket like Caleb Williams. He's also not a statue either. He can run and he had a ton of rushing yards last year for North Carolina. Lots can be on him next year, obviously without Josh Downs, without Antoine Green and without their offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, who's now at Wisconsin. But Drake May, I think, will be pushing Caleb Williams, honestly, for the top quarterback next year. It's kind of just what you prefer, uh, honestly, next year, where you prefer a guy like Caleb Williams who could create outside the pocket, or Drake May, who, passing-wise, will destroy you mostly from within the pocket. Number three, Arizona Cardinals. This one is, is kind of looking into the future because it hasn't happened yet. But DeAndre Hopkins is on his way out, honestly, right? Uh, he's, I don't think he's returning to Arizona. They seem to be blowing up the entire team right now with Buda Baker requesting a trade. I think if you have this third overall pick and you lose DeAndre Hopkins, you lose your true X receiver, I wouldn't hate taking Marvin Harrison Jr. here with a third overall pick, the wide receiver from Ohio State. I mean, he is 
awesome uh, he's going to be one of the best receiver prospects we've seen in, in quite some time and you know could push jamar chase honestly for the best receiver prospect we've seen in quite some time you know against single coverage he had the most receiving yards and the most touchdowns 878 receiving yards 14 receiving touchdowns led all fbs wide receivers he's the son of a hall of famer of course marvin harrison senior i think that arizona after losing deandre hopkins they really could use a true x receiver and i think marvin harrison jr would be that good replacement for him and i think he honestly might be the third best prospect period after the two quarterbacks and caleb williams and drake may number four the indianapolis colts this is kind of a slam dunk pick uh you know jim ursay the owner even said in a press conference like oh that alabama kid looks pretty good and of course he's talking about bryce young the quarterback from alabama uh, who's in the 2023 draft I personally think he should actually go number one overall in the real 2023 draft not this fairy tale one that we're doing right now but I think Bryce Young here would be a sprint the card in scenario for the Colts who I think they really like him I think they kind of know he's not going to be there at four or even two um, so if they want to trade up or anything like that so I, I don't think this is a much of a debate for them. I think Bryce Young is, is clearly the pick, and size be damned. I don't really care about that too much. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Number five, Seattle, via uh, the Denver Broncos. I think, I don't know if Geno Smith is a long-term answer here, and I think staring them in the face right now is, is C.J. Stroud, and I think if he's there, I understand the, the need for pass rush uh, and Will Anderson Jr. is still on the board here. Jalen Carter is still on the board here. And some other younger guys are still on the board here. I still think, though, that they probably want to get a long-term answer. I know they just gave Gino the contract, but I don't know how much of a plan he is going forward. I mean, he is in his 30s now. I think they're going to want you know someone like C.J. Stroud to develop behind Geno Smith. And you know the big question for Stroud is, okay, he's been protected a lot in that Ohio State offense with, you know, NFL players all along that offensive line throughout his two years as a starter there. And of course, five probably first round wide receivers he got to throw to while there. And Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Ibuka. Uh, but still, I think, you know, you have really good supporting cast eventually in Seattle. You got a couple great receivers already in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. And then, of course, you have the two young tackles that I, I'm really a big fan of in Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. I think they're going to want to look to the future and maybe have him develop a little bit behind Geno Smith. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate this pick. I would understand if people want them to go for a guy that makes an impact immediately. But I think future-wise, this is probably the pick I would make. And this is also what I would do, mock draft. Because obviously, we have no idea what NFL teams feel like about 2025 prospects. So what I would do here. Uh, number six. The Detroit Lions via the Los Angeles Rams. I have them going with the guy I just mentioned before as a possibility for Seattle, and that is Will Anderson Jr., the edge defender from Alabama. And I understand they just took Aiden Hutchinson, but I think that other edge spot they could really, you know, use a boost at. And I think he's honestly probably the best prospect, period, uh, after this. Uh, he's got the most career pressures in PFF college history, over 200, and we've been doing this since since 2014. So he's a special player, and as good of he is as a pass rusher, like he's spent the most career pressures ever, he's probably even a better run defender. That's how stupid good he is. And, you know, I don't think he's a Chase Young or even a Bosa Brothers or a Miles Garrett type of prospect, but I think he's in the tier below that, and I think he's a really good player and probably worth a, a top three pick in the actual 2023 draft. So Will Anderson Jr. going to the Lions. Now the Raiders pick is up here. 
And I think they're going to want to take a swing on a quarterback because uh, Josh McDaniels is, is probably looking at it right now and saying, you know, he's got to prove to ownership that, you know, hey, give me, let me develop a guy, you know. So I understand, you know, people saying, oh, let's go with another prospect. But I think he's just going to take a quarterback and say, oh, this will buy me some time at least. And I think that'll be Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida and the eligible in the 2023 draft, probably the, almost the consensus QB3. I know some people have Will Levis over him. And some people actually have Bryce Young and CJ Stroud lower. Uh, for me, he's QB3 in this upcoming draft. Obviously, one of the highest ceilings that we've ever seen at the quarterback position. I think that the Raiders here, over some other guys, they would take Anthony Richardson. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. They're going to kind of stick with uh, one of the Georgia guys in this class and go with Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia in the 2023 draft. I think Jalen Carter, you know, off-field concerns aside, and, and I don't know the kid, so obviously I'm not going to speak on that too much because uh, I know a lot of his characters coming under question recently with a lot of anonymous reports, but I have nothing on that, so I'm not going to talk about that. But on field, he is a top two player regardless of positional value in this class. And the only one I would make an argument for above him is Bijan Robinson, who... I'm not going to spoil it, but he, you know, probably won't be picked here with all these guys eligible. So, and just because he doesn't play a premium position in running back, but Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, like he can make an impact that, you know, we're talking about Quinnen Williams type of prospect, who's obviously turned into a star in the NFL and Aaron Donald, who is, you know, a star in his own right as well. I don't think it will reach the Aaron Donald level, um, but I think as a prospect, that's kind of what we're looking at here. And I know Aaron Donald's picked lower, but I, I really liked him a lot coming out of pit. Uh, and I thought he was picked lower than I, I would have taken him in my very early years of scouting when I was basically watching YouTube highlights. <laughs> that was it uh, when I was like 12 years old. But still, I really liked him. And uh, yeah, Jalen Carter is like that upper tier, at least Quinn and Williams, who I very much remember, you know, scouting. And I think he's like that level, Quinn and Williams level, which is special, special, very special. Number nine, Chicago Bears via the Carolina Panthers. This is when they traded down from that first overall pick Why Carolina's picking one. This is a guy that I am going to have on the show in a, a, a couple weeks or so, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, he's in the 2024 draft. It is Joe Alt, the Notre Dame offensive tackle. Joe Alt is maybe the best offensive tackle prospect that we're going to see since, like, Panay Sewell, honestly. Like, he is really, really good. I mean, he was the highest-graded and most valuable offensive tackle in the country according to pff's wins above average metric 91 run blocking grade led all tackles in the country his 99 pass block efficiency score also ranked fifth so he's a dominant run blocker dominant pass protector he's like six foot seven 320 pounds with over a seven foot wingspan he told me i mean the, the kid is is awesome he's got a, the right mindset too you know i even brought up how hyped he could be as a prospect. And he's, he's like, I don't really care about that, man. I just want to win. So can't wait to show you guys that interview. He's, he's a stud. Learn that name because he's probably going to be a top five pick, honestly, in next year's draft uh, when, it, when we come to it. So, yeah, Joe Alt's going to the Bears there. They need help on the offensive line and help out Justin Fields. Uh, they helped him out already by getting DJ Moore. Now it's kind of like, okay, protect Justin Fields now. And I think Joe Alt will be a, a good pick for them. Number 10, Philadelphia Eagles via the New Orleans Saints. So Philadelphia is in an in a interesting spot right now where you can go a number of ways with this pick. I kind of went with a guy that I just would love to see on their defense, and that is Harold Perkins, 
the linebacker slash edge defender, if you really want to call him that, from LSU. I mean, he is kind of like – he's not as big as this guy, and I'm, I'm not sure he'll ever be the type of pass rusher that we've seen from this guy. Micah Parsons, a lot like that, where he played linebacker, but you look at him, you're like, really, is that, a, is that an edge defender? And he eventually becomes an edge defender in the NFL. Perkins is like that, how he showed it in his true freshman year, top 10 recruit. Uh, he's only 220 pounds, which is why I don't think he'll really ever become a, a full-time edge defender unless he puts on a ton of weight. Uh, but he led all Power 5 linebackers as a true freshman with a 91 pass rushing grade. And he was second among all FBS linebackers with 18 quarterback knockdowns, which is sacks plus hits. So Harold Perkins is a 2025 guy, the first one in this mock draft. That was probably one of the most impressive true freshmen I've seen from college football this past year. So Harold Perkins going to the Eagles, and I would love to see him on that Eagles defense. You know, can can contribute as an edge defender. They just lost T.J. Edwards uh, at linebacker as well. Um, so I think you know they lost a, a couple other linebackers too. So I think he could contribute in a lot of ways for that defense. And watching him and Nicobe Dean go downhill together, pretty awesome. Would be a lot of fun. Uh, Tennessee Titans now. They really could use obviously a quarterback. But also, they could really use offensive line help. And I'm going with Will Campbell here. Another guy you're probably like, who on earth is that? And it's another 2025 guy. And quite for, and another 2025 LSU player. LSU might have two top five picks in the 2025 draft when it's all said and done. I know this is looking way far ahead, but hey, that's what this mock draft is. Uh, Will Campbell is a stud. And, you know, Tennessee's offensive tackle situation uh, is not good. You know, out of the 64 highest graded tackles in the NFL last year, which is, you know, how many starting offensive tackles there are, neither Nicholas Petit Frere nor Dennis Daly were among them. And they could use help on that offensive line. And I don't think a guy like Will Levis, who, you know, they could use a quarterback, obviously, but I don't think he's, he's a guy that's going to need some a good environment. I think Tennessee's going to go through some tough times pretty soon. And I think I'd rather build up that offensive line, which was atrocious. Will Campbell was phenomenal as a left tackle in the SEC in his true freshman year. His 85.6 pass blocking grade on true pass sets was third in the country, trailed only Peter Skaronsky among power five tackles. He only gave up pressure on less than 3% of his 515 pass blocking snaps. So Will Campbell is a guy, a name, another name to know in 2025. You probably have no idea who that guy is, but I'm just telling you, from what I've seen, he's he's really good, and I think he will be a special prospect in 2025. Number 12, the Houston Texans. So we gave them Drake May with their first pick, number two overall pick. Now I have the 12th pick via the Browns, and I'm going to give them... Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia in 2024. He, I mean, if you're watching this show, you're a fan of college football and you definitely know who Brock Bowers is. I mean, he has been the best tight end in, in college football for probably two years now. I mean, and those were his first two years of, of college football. You know, so he's got a, a chance to challenge. I don't think, I don't know if we will overtake him, but challenge Kyle Pitts in terms of like the best tight end prospects we've ever seen. Brock Bowers is a real good chance to, to challenge him for that. So, you know, true freshman, highest graded and most valuable tight end in the country. Once again, the most valuable tight end in the country this past year, led all tight ends in receiving yards, yards after the catch and receiving yards after contact. Brock Bowers is a superstar and he was in a room with Darnell Washington 
who a lot of people would take in the first round. And it was very clear that Darnell Washington was not the best tight end at Georgia. Very clear. And he was older than Brock Bowers. And so that says a lot. Brock Bowers is a maybe a top five pick like Kyle Pitts was, you know, which is rare for tight ends. And Houston could use some weapons. I think Brock Bowers would be a great one to give Drake May in this hypothetical mock draft. 13th overall pick, the New York Jets. So we're assuming that Aaron Rodgers is coming. Uh, so let's give him some protection. They could use some help on the offensive line. Who knows if the whole Makai Becton situation was going on there. Uh, Dwayne Brown and George Fant weren't really great this past year. Uh, like I said, Mekhi Beck has only played one game over the past two seasons. Let's give him J.C. Latham, a 2024 guy. Uh, Going to be right behind, I think, Joe Alt for the best tackle in the 2024 class. We're going to get into another one pretty soon. Uh, but Latham was elite as a pass protector. I mean, he was, this is one of the guys that, like, you're not surprised by how good he is. He was an extremely, extremely highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Uh, I believe he actually was the second highest rated, uh, the highest rated offensive tackle recruit, excuse me since like 2015 yeah martez ivy was a highest higher rated one coming out of high school in 2015 and so jc latham is like the best that we've seen in six or seven years uh coming out of high school at least and he's lived up to it at alabama so far he played right tackle for the crimson tide this past year 84.5 pass blocking grade on true pass sets ranked fourth among all tackles in college football he only you know he only gave one hit all year and didn't allow a sack on any of his 486 pass blocking snaps this past year. Very excited to see him transition from that right tackle, probably to left tackle this upcoming season. Uh, he's a guy that I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by. And another guy who I think next year's offensive tackle class is going to be special. We'll get into another one very shortly. Uh, JC Latham is a big reason for that. So number 14, New England Patriots. Another 2025 guy here. Let's go with Will Johnson. The cornerback out of Michigan who was locked down in his true freshman season at Michigan he's a bigger corner six foot two uh he former five-star recruit has all the tools you could want in a corner position and he dominated his freshman year he was first among all power five corners with a 91.1 grade in man coverage uh, for, to me he reminded me a lot when i watched him on tape lofty comparison but patrick Sertan reminded me a lot of like a bigger corner is going to lock you down in man coverage very fluid on tape too i just loved what i saw from will johnson and i'm excited to see it's kind of scary that he's got two more years of college football because he was one of the best corners in the country already as a true freshman which is a hard position to come in and dominate at and i think will johnson will be a special prospect in 2025 Number 15 overall, the Green Bay Packers, who are now presumably go, moving on to the Jordan Love era, and they could probably wouldn't hurt to give him some weapons, unlike what they did with Aaron Rodgers, really, throughout, his, <laughs> throughout the last you know, few years. And I, my new wide receiver one in this year's draft is still available, who is Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Yes, he only played 60 snaps this past year due to a hamstring injury. Yes, he's a basically only a slot receiver. But he was so good in his sophomore year. And he was on a team, I'm not, again, not comparing him to this guy. But the situation was a lot like when Jamar Chase was breaking SEC records for receiving. And also on that team was Justin Jefferson, who was a year older. Uh, so that was like, what is going on right now? You know, Jamar Chase is only a true sophomore. I believe Jefferson was a senior that year, too. So maybe a couple years older. And. 
that was like, whoa. You know, like Jamar Chase might be different. Obviously, Jefferson, better receiver of the two, I would say, right now. But still, like, when you when you dominate like that, when a guy who's, you know, that good and also older than you does a lot. A lot like the situation with Jackson Smith and Jigbo when he led all power five receivers in receiving yards uh, in 2021 when that team featured two top 15 picks in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And Wilson just won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Olave had a great rookie year himself. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a fantastic receiver in the NFL. I think he'll be a really, really good receiver in the NFL. He does almost everything right at the position. Packers could use like a slot receiver uh, to go along with Christian Watson. I would really like this fit in Green Bay. Uh, and I think he'll be Jordan Love's best friend almost immediately. Washington Commanders at 16. Another uh, 2023 guy here who has some questions. Uh, about his length, but I really like Peter Skaronsky as OT1 in 2023. I mean, he was kind of thrown in the fire immediately as a true freshman at Northwestern when Rashawn Slater opted out of that season. They threw a true freshman at left tackle in the Big Ten, and Peter Skaronsky thrived at left tackle in the Big Ten. Great above 80 in, in all three of his years was especially dominant, dominant this past year. I think Peter Skaronsky is OT1 in this class. I, I really do. I, I'm a big fan of his game and you know, his 93 pass blocking grade, led all tackles in college football, 1.3% pressure rate allowed was second among all tackles in college football. So he could play guard, of course, you know, if you need him to, but I think the commanders would be smart to try him out at tackle. So that's where I have him here. 17th overall pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have him going with the CB one in the 2023 NFL draft. And that is Devin Witherspoon, from Illinois. I mean, he, you know, is a press corner. Steelers ran press coverage on more than 65% of their plays. Uh, this is kind of the, the dream scheme fit for them who need corners. Uh, on 107 press coverage snaps this past year, Devin Witherspoon only allowed one, one yard on 107 press coverage snaps. He is special in press coverage. And by the way, he lays the boom in the run game too. I am a huge fan of Devin Witherspoon, so Steelers should be over the moon with him here at number 17 overall. Detroit Lions at 18th overall. This one is interesting after you take Will Anderson Jr., the edge defender. This was kind of a value pick for me. I know a lot of people want them to keep attacking the defense. I went with Emeka Buka, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Uh, I just think... He's so silky smooth. I think Ohio State is the two best receivers in college football next year uh, between him and obviously Marvin Harrison, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think Emeka Buka, you know, they could use another receiver after Amonra St. Brown, Jamison Williams, they just took last year. Emeka Buka is like that smooth receiver that I think would fit really well at that Detroit offense and be, you know, that, that three-headed monster they have at receiver would be pretty awesome, you know. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, I never think you could have too many receivers. Emeka Ibuka was fantastic. Uh, yeah, the only Emeka Ibuka was the second most valuable Power 5 receiver last year. PFS wins above average metric behind Marvin Harrison Jr. Harrison was the only one who had more receiving yards and receiving junior, and receiving touchdowns among returning Power 5 receivers. Uh, and among returning Power 5 receivers, Emeka Ibuka was third in yards per route run. Efficient receiver, very good route runner. Uh, probably wide receiver, yeah, wide receiver two in next year's draft, I would say. So number 19, the, the fall finally stops here for Will Levis to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I actually 
don't hate this fit at all. Like, they still have some really good weapons in Tampa Bay. Obviously, you got to build up that offensive line a little bit more, but you got Tristan Wirfs there. And the big thing for Will Levis is, like, he just really wasn't the, – the situation at Kentucky this past year was abysmal. You know, the offensive line didn't do, do him any favors. The receiving core was lacking, obviously. So you want to give him a better situation in the NFL, and I think Tampa Bay has that. And, of course, they're rebuilding now after losing Tom Brady to retirement. But I think Will Levis – you know, could be that franchise quarterback for them. So, yeah, 19th overall, I think they're very happy with this value here. Number 20, Seattle Seahawks, a guy who's going to go probably top 10 ultimately in this upcoming draft. Seattle, of course, passed on defense and pass rush specifically uh, to take CJ Stroud. Now they could take who I consider to be edge two in this year's draft, and that is Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech, who is a freak of nature. Uh, his wingspan is absolutely ridiculous. And Seattle really loves their toolsy players. And I think Tyree Wilson fits a knee, and he's a great value here. I think at 20 as well. So love that pick. 21st overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to go with Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. I actually have as my wide receiver two in this year's draft. Uh, obviously dominant at Pittsburgh. Won the Blitnikoff Award with Kenny Pickett as quarterback. Goes to USC, still a very good receiver at USC. I think he's kind of been underrated in that respect, but not as dominant, obviously, as he was the year before. I still think he's a very good receiver, obviously very good route runner. Um, and Justin Herbert needs some weapons, man. And I think he would fit really well in LA with Justin Herbert. 22nd overall pick, the Baltimore Ravens, who kind of were in a state of flux right now. Um, they just got Odell Beckham Jr. Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to come back at least for this year. Obviously, only a one-year deal for OBJ. Uh, but, you know, with OBJ coming in, they could afford to bump up the secondary a little bit. And they'll go with Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama, who obviously has the coolest name in college football. But he's more than just that. Kool-Aid, I think, is the best college cornerback uh, in college football heading into next season. He was a first-team All-American for PFF this past year, tied for second in the country with 18 forced incompletions. I think Kool-Aid is CB1 in next year's draft and great value here for Baltimore at 22. See that voice crack right there? Oof, that was rough. Uh, 23, Minnesota Vikings. Quinn Johnston is still on the board here. He is a freak of nature. I have some concerns about him long term obviously he, was, he came in smaller than we thought we thought he was six four actually six foot two doesn't really play like a bigger receiver anyways uh but he's a freak you know he's six two and he runs over 20 miles per hour on the gps he, he's a great athlete vikings need a wide receiver too after losing adam thielen you know it can't just be the one man justin jefferson show you need a wide receiver too quentin johnson could develop there and i think he'll be a good player for them 24th overall pick go back to the 2025 draft uh another guy who's so impressive to me in his true freshman year was benjamin morrison and i think the the jaguars really could use some help in that secondary benjamin morrison was really good as a true freshman six interceptions were tied for the most among power five corners a 29.2 passer rating allowed third among that same group so yeah benjamin morrison is a stud and will johnson i think is the better corner of the two but i mean you make the case for benjamin morrison i don't think you're crazy uh he's that good so obviously you know they got a diamond in the rough seattle did already uh, excuse me uh you know they already have the jaguars already have tyson campbell excuse me um who 
looks really good already, but they could use another corner. I think Benjamin Morrison would be really good in Jacksonville. 25th overall pick, another guy who might end up going top 10 or even a lot higher, like I've seen some mock drafts. Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, is going to the Giants here. Toolsy, toolsy corner. Can fit in any scheme you want. He could play man, zone, press coverage, off coverage, anything. Like Christian Gonzalez is a very versatile corner. And, you know, he, he is going to be picked very highly in the actual NFL draft. Goes lower here in this all eligible mock draft, but the Giants could use some help at corner. And Christian Gonzalez is, you know, going to be a really good one, I think. Dallas Cowboys here. So, Drazon Newton's the pick here. And defensive tackle from Illinois. Spoiler alert, going to be one of the interviews that we have on the show. One of my favorite interviews I've done so far. Uh, Dallas could use help on the interior defensive line. Newton was dominant last year on the interior defensive line. One of the best interior defensive linemen in college football. He returned to school because he wasn't going to be a first-round pick, he thought at least. I would have had him in that first-round range. I really love Jerzon Newman's game, man. He's a little undersized, but still. I mean, he was the most valuable Power 5 D-tackle this year, according to our wins above average metric. He led all Power 5 D-tackles with 59 pressures. His 13 tackles for loss or no gain were tied for the most among all D-tackles in the country. So he was dominant as a pass rusher, dominant as a run defender in the Big Ten He's a guy that I'm all over for next year's draft, and I would have taken him in the first round in this year's draft. He came back to school, going to be even better next year, I think. And he's one of the best defensive players in college football, period, for next year. 27th overall pick, Buffalo Bills. This is that 2024 offensive tackle that I was talking about earlier. Spoiler alert, another interview that we have on the show is Olu Fashanu, the offensive tackle from Penn State in 2024, going to the Bills, who could really use help on that offensive line. And... Fashan was a dominant pass protector, so Josh Allen's going to love him. You know, could use some work on the run game, which is a big reason why he came back, but there are a lot of people, a lot of well-respected people in the offensive line industry, in the draft industry, whatever, who thought of this guy as the top tackle in this year's draft, and then he shocked everyone when he said, no, I'm going back to school to earn his master's degree, no less. So, amazing head on his shoulders. Uh, Olu Fashan is a, a superstar pass protector, could make some strides in the run game and we could be talking about you know he could be fighting with latham and alt for that ot1 next year and what should be a special offensive tackle class next year it's gonna be an awesome offensive tackle class uh, speaking of offensive tackles let's give one to the bengals here at 28 that is paris johnson jr the offensive tackle from ohio state who i have as my ot2 right now in the 2023 nfl draft um he's a guy who i think could play on either side, I think you could learn either side. And, you know, the Bengals presumably will be losing Jonah Williams. They just brought in Orlando Brown Jr. But, you know, who knows what's going on with Lyle Collins. So I think that, old, that Paris Johnson Jr., excuse me, could be, you know, got all the tools in the world to be a great tackle. Bengals should continue to be boosting up that offensive line. I think Paris Johnson Jr., if he falls here, obviously won't in the real draft. But here, still a great pick for them. 29th overall pick, the New Orleans Saints via the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they're going to go with Jared Verse, another guy who came back to school, a lot like Jerzon Newton and Olu Fashanu, who Jared Verse is maybe the most surprising uh, returnee. A lot of people thought he was going to be a top 20 pick, and he comes back to school and, and is arguably one of the best defensive players. Not arguably, he is one of the best defensive players in college football. I think he's the best edge defender going into next year. Uh, he was dominant in his first year at the FBS level. He transferred to Florida State from Albany, which was an FCS school. 
Uh, his 24.4% pass rush win rate was fourth among Power 5 edge defenders. Ten tackles for loss or no gain were tied for sixth. Uh, he is the best edge defender in college football next year and would have been a top 20 pick in this year's draft if he declared, did not, go back, going back to that Florida State team who I'm buying all of the hype on, by the way, for next year. Jared Verse is a first-round pick in this mock draft. 30th overall pick, second to last pick, the penultimate pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think could boost up that secondary even a little bit, even after bringing back James Bradbury and Darius Slay. They're going to go with another corner because I don't know how long either of those guys will be staying there. Kalen King, the cornerback from Penn State, who I love. Uh, I think Kalen King was the better Penn State corner this past year, which is saying a lot considering Joey Porter Jr. is probably going to be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft in a, in a week. Uh, Kalen King was was better than him. He was a superstar this past year. You know, he led all corners in the country in, with a 93.3 grade in single coverage. 18.3 passer rating allowed in single coverage. Also led all corners in the country. Um, 15 forced incompletions in single coverage. Tied for third among FBS corners. This was this is a guy that you're going to leave on an island, and he was dominant. So a lot of people love Jordy Porter Jr., and yeah, he's got all the size and everything. Kalen King was, I think, the better corner of the two, which is, like, like I said, saying a lot. 31st overall pick, the final pick of this first-round mock draft, and I've had a whale of a time doing this. The Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champions, just lost Orlando Brown Jr. So let's give him a replacement in Kelvin Banks, a 2025 guy to keep an eye on, who a lot of people thought would be going higher probably in this special mock draft. But, you know, I was just more impressed with Will Johnson than I was by Kelvin Banks. But that's not to say Kelvin Banks wasn't a stud in his true freshman year for for Texas you know he's a former five-star recruit 3.5 percent pressure rate allowed on true pass at sixth among power five tackles uh he is a really good player needs to develop as a run blocker a little bit but still as a true freshman playing left tackle at the level that Texas is playing as going against Will Anderson Jr. in his second game of his career I mean he you know played well against Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner on a number of snaps so Kelvin Banks Jr., another guy, keep an eye out in 2025. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, could go high in 2025 NFL draft. And after losing Orlando Brown Jr., Chiefs could use some help on that offensive line. But that's what we got for this all-eligible mock draft. Of course, this was a awesome time doing this. I had a ton of fun doing this kind of specialty mock draft for you guys. Leave me comments below, though, because I know there's some picks that you guys hate here. Let me know in the comments below what picks exactly you hate and we'll get into it I, I can't wait to interact with you guys but yeah that's what we got for this all mock draft so i appreciate you guys watching and yeah i'll see you next time